Hey, what's up? I'm Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. On this episode, I'm talking to Ryan Santiago of Royal and the Serpent. Let's go. You know how you have to write like a bio for your album cycles? Yeah. So like, and anyone listening, a lot of times when you're putting a record out, every record cycle, you need like a new bio. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we need a bio writer. So you sit with someone and they interview you mm -hmm. and then they like write up a bio. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. I can live with that bio. Yeah. If I feel like that's how Wikipedia should be. And it's just basically any article on the internet that anyone's ever written becomes like true. And it's just in there? And then they can just put it in the Wikipedia. Like who's in charge? I don't know. That's the thing. And I just think, are there are professional Wikipedia writers that you could have go and just like write up a real, like put some real yeah. information in there mm -hmm. and like, they are, but it's, I think it's. By like a. Or I think it's like people who know how to use the internet. Okay. That's, we got to figure that out. Mm. And I don't know how to use yeah, the internet. I haven't got that far. I'm, and I'm a lot older than you and I'm, <laughs> I'm truly like a dad on the uh, internet. I'm like. You truly are a dad. I am a dad. You are a dad. I have teenagers. So wow. when I go on the internet, it's like reading glasses, <laughs> Google. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's the that is me on the internet. I'm terrible on the internet. I really, just, I'm not a good internet. You're good at posting. Does somebody else do that for you? No, I do it. You do it. You're yeah. you do great. Uh, but posting where though? Because I don't mm -hmm. even have I don't have a TikTok. That's okay. And I get sent clips from TikTok and I can't watch them oh. because I don't have a TikTok. And my kids make fun of me because... You need to get you a TikTok. Yeah, I just don't know. The podcast would do great on there. The podcast is on TikTok, I okay, think. Okay, just I you personally is I'm, not. I'm not. But you're not in charge of the But posting. I do my own Twitter. There you go. Which is very sporadic. Yeah. And I, I do my own Instagram. Yeah, but, Instagram's great. And it, it's tiring, though. Yeah. Like, I post the podcast clips on my instagram mm -hmm. it's very tiring it takes like 30 minutes oh for sure it's a whole thing <laughs> it's, a, it's terrible yeah uh so your uh wikipedia says you're from new jersey <laughs> that's true can confirm born and raised mm -hmm. a new jersey native yeah ryan santiago that's my full name and is that public information i guess it is public information. i suppose yeah yeah uh born may 25th 1994 that's true. I was born in 1979. Really? Yeah. Wow. 70s. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. The year disco died. Yeah. 79. It was good music back then. Yeah, Not that was. there's not now, but there was. You were raised both Catholic and Jewish. How does it know that? It Who knows told it. it I don't know. That's, Is that true? Yeah. Wow. How's that work? Uh, My pop-up was Jewish, and so my mom... But my grandma was not, so my mom was both. Okay. So we just kind of celebrated both holidays. That's good. Um, yeah, it worked. I like it now because I feel like I can light the Hanukkah candles, teach my friends how to do it's that. It's great. I love yeah. that. And everyone, I feel like everyone celebrates Christmas anyways. Yeah. Not everyone, but most, whether you're religious or not, most yeah. people do. It's forced on you regardless, yeah, exactly. whether you celebrate mm -hmm. it or not. Yeah. In December, mm -hmm. you're celebrating Christmas. For sure. You took up competitive dance as a child. Yeah, very intensely. Until you shattered both your heel plates. I know all these things. Yes. That's devastating. 
it was it was tough, but I would have never gotten into music if I didn't get hurt like that. And I'm much happier, I think, in the long run, making music than being a dancer. And the and the uh, the dancing probably helped. For sure. Yeah. And it was like dance and theater. Yeah. So I already like was doing musical numbers and stuff. You got but, comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I got comfortable on stage. stage at a very young age. Yeah. Then you learned how to play guitar, and you began writing songs in your teenage years. That's true. You attended your first concert on the Oops, I Did It Again tour at the age of six. <laughs> yeah. That's a great first concert. I was front row and I didn't know where I was. My mom surprised me. I love this story. Um, and all of a sudden flame started shooting from the edge of the stage and I just started crying because I thought she was taking me to like put me in some fire. Yeah. And uh, then Brittany came out like from this thing. And I Are you yeah. still a fan? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I all this stuff that's been going on lately, have to worry a little, but... Yeah, that's love her. That's separate though from the music. Oh, for sure. You know, she's incredible. My wife is the biggest uh, Britney fan, yeah. and I think she separates it. But but yeah. she also stands by Britney yeah, exactly. through thick and thin. Yeah, she's amazing. So true icon. She definitely has people out there who who love her and stand by her. Yeah. Um, which is the power of music. Mm-hmm. Um, at the age of eighteen, you moved to Los Angeles. I did where you attended art school and you worked as a bartender. I did, wow. yeah. Well, I didn't work as a bartender until I was 21, but I served tables until I was old enough to bartend. And I was only in school for maybe a year before I dropped out. And then you started? Making music. And would Royal and the Serpent be the begin? Was that the beginning or is this, is that, is, let's get into Royal yeah. and the Serpent. Okay, so I was always kind of, so the Wikipedia is at least half right. It's I'm pretty not, good. It's it's actually there's a lot here. I'm surprised. I'm not going to go on, on from it, but it, it's nice to uh, know that they got the beginnings of your, your life, summed up enough. The Catholic and Jewish thing is wild to me that it knows. It's a that. detail. That's deep. I don't mm. like talk kind about of, that. And very personal. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I always kind of wrote songs in my bedroom, didn't think anything of it. I just was super content being a server and a bartender mm. at a young age. I had a fun time doing that. And it wasn't until I started bartending with one of my buds and he heard me sing mm. and- You have a great voice. Thank you. Yeah. And um, he was like, you should do something with that. I used to manage acts in college. I'll be your manager. Great. And I was like, sick. Yeah. So we just started meeting once a week. We'd like write little goals in our journals. I started doing open mics just as Ryan Santiago. And I think it was like two years later, I was signed to Atlantic. Wow. Like it happened pretty fast. That's from that. That's point. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. We just and, put and, our heads down and did it. But it's not like once you get signed, it just suddenly gets easier. It no, almost gets harder. gets harder. Yeah. Definitely harder. Mm. I was very lucky though. One of my first releases on Atlantic was Overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, which came out at a time that I think people really resonated with it. Yeah. Um, so they, they've kept me around. Yeah. Well, which I'm happy about. Well, you're good. Thank you. Yeah. When we were starting out, I think it was harder to find a way in versus now I think people can get their music out there. There's all, it, it's easier to like record and stuff than mm -hmm. it used, you know, in the nineties we were like, we have to find a studio and then we have to deal with some weird guy who yeah. owns it. Now you can kind of find someone who's can record on their computer in their bedroom. Yeah. But but then breaking through now, I think the noise is mm -hmm. way harder. There's a lot than we had it. There's a lot. Yeah. I do have to say, 
this has nothing to do with what we're saying, but you guys were my favorite band growing up. We were? Yeah. Oh, I got it. No, and no. I just, yeah, I just had to say that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Big fan. Well, I'm embarrassed. Don't be. Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, that's a huge compliment. I, yeah, loved you guys. My cousin showed me you guys. He was two years older than me. Wow. And I got all my music from him. Which, which album was the first one? Second album? Probably. Yeah, Young and Hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. New Jersey was kind of like a big area for us. Yeah. New York and New mm -hmm. Jersey. I was young, man, but I loved it. it and you're, 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 were you always into like tattoos and like rock music and stuff? Yes and no. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I started getting tattoos at a pretty young age, like 17. Yeah. That's kind of young. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like all music though. Yeah. I wouldn't even say like exclusively rock. Yeah, me either. You know? Yeah. I love it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was never in a box with what I liked. I actually liked, always loved hip hop, probably yeah. more. Mm -hmm. And we just happened to be in like a band that was kind of labeled in the punk ish mm -hmm. adjacent, you know, yeah, world. Totally. But I don't know if we ever felt like we were, we were that. I think we were always like trying to do everything. It's weird feeling like you're in a box. Yeah. And, I feel that way a lot where I feel like I'm trying to figure out who I am so I can like fit in this image that I'm creating of myself so that people understand it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What would you say people think you are? I don't know. Mm. I think it depends on maybe when you started listening to me. Kind of toured with every different kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I, I would just say you're kind of just like alternative. That's kind of the vibe. Even though now I feel like people don't don't classify music in genres, I still mm -hmm. kind of do. Like, yeah. uh, I would say you're alternative. Thanks. Which which is broad. Yeah. Because you could do like popular stuff, but then you could also do he like much he heavier stuff. Mm -hmm. You could you could sing on hip hop. You could do a lot of different things. I always wanted to do heavy stuff really bad, and every time I try, just you haven't gotten it right yet. No. But you work with Zach. Well, yeah. He's a heavy. He's amazing. Like the heavy king. Yeah. We do some cool grunge stuff together. Yeah. yeah. I love grunge. So when did your first album come out? I put my first EP out um, probably 2020. Yeah. And I think I've done three since then. And I haven't done a full length ever. Oh, really? Mm -mm. I was going to oh. do one this year, but I decided to. it. I know. to it. It's my dream to like do it up on like a mountain in a house tucked away and like write the whole thing front to back right with the same people like the old school classic yeah, way yeah. go away but it's hard to make that happen yeah it is you know especially now when it's just session every day yeah new people new place yeah it's hard to kind of to, to think about like three months away getting all the people that mm -hmm. you want to be there yeah. and then if if you go there because i was just talking to uh Chase Atlantic about this because mm -hmm. they went away with that same idea and and then there was like it was terrible weather they went somewhere where it was snowy oh wow they didn't know it was going to be heavy the heavy snow and then it, it there was it, it it wasn't quite I think what that same idea is like let's go away and mm -hmm. like rent get a house somewhere far 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 away 
And then if stuff goes wrong and you don't get what you want out of it, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. God damn. You spend all this time and money. Yeah, time, money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's worth, I think it's always worth doing. Yeah. Even if you don't get what you want out of it, I feel like maybe life takes you somewhere where you're supposed to be for other reasons for and sure. you're just there. Yeah. But um, it is not, it's, it, it isn't like, it's very romantic idea, mm-hmm. but even when we used to it. do that, it was it didn't work like we thought it would work. When we thought about like Incubus, they went yeah. to this house and they made Morning View, and it was like that sounds so amazing. Mm-hmm. We we tried to do it too, and it never worked like we thought it would work. And we were like, let's just go back to LA and rent an RG. And mm-hmm. it's good to know, yeah, that it's not how I. But it's good to try, see. yeah. I'd like to yeah. at some point in my life. It's also hard, like touring stuff, things. There's always somewhere to be. Yeah. You know? The modern career is, is different than just Super. make a record, go on tour. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you almost kind of have to like incorporate it into every, like your everyday life. For sure. It's a different time. Yeah. And like the social aspect. Because that didn't exist too when we were making records. We mm-hmm. didn't have to think about promoting things. Mm-hmm. Like now I think the modern artist has to promote all the time. All the time. Otherwise, you get forgotten. Yeah, they're like, why aren't you posting? Yeah. We didn't have to think about that in the 2000s. We were like, okay, now we're going to spend four weeks making this record. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk to anyone. And how does stuff break through then? Like, who's in charge of it breaking through and being like, these artists are up next, if it's not like them promoting themselves? Well, that's the thing. I think now it's tougher in some ways. Mm -hmm. But the real, like, the people who are willing to, like, work hard, breakthrough right and back then i think in the 90s and in in the 2000s i think we were at the mercy of like the idea of the record label now is different than it was then like then you were kind of you take the record in and you go you'd play the songs for them and Mm -hmm. now i think artists aren't aren't thinking like oh i gotta get my a and r to sign off on this i mean artists are like i'm just gonna drop this Mm mm-hmm and if the label doesn't want me to do it, a lot of them are just doing it anyways. Yeah. So I think it's a different time. I think everybody, it, it, it everyone just collectively behaves different than they used to. Yeah. But yeah, back then it felt like, God, you were really at the mercy of like the people in charge, I guess, mm-hmm. which the gate created like a bit of like an angsty opposition. Mm-hmm which I don't think needs to exist. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it doesn't exist as much. I mean, yeah. I feel sometimes people are like, oh, my label won't let me release it. But most artists are like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, if you can get something to go on your own, a label can't really it. say much. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened with us. I remember when we put Overwhelmed out, it was my first release on the label. So they weren't about to put a bunch of marketing money behind it. Yeah. And me, my manager, and my mom were all like, let's, I'll put money in and like try and get a TikTok campaign going. And it worked. And yeah. the label was like, holy shit, good job, guys. Here's your money back and here's some more. Yeah. You gotta like do it yourself. That, that's what I kind of say to artists too, is like put 30 seconds of the song on TikTok. You'll oh, know sure. right away. Yeah. If it's, you'll know how people feel about exactly. it. Exactly. The people are kind of in charge, which is nice. Yeah. You know? It does democratize it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, for sure. Which is great. But then there's the sheer amount of traffic mm-hmm. now versus then is totally different. Totally. Scrolling through my TikTok is just people promoting music. Yeah. And it's wild. Yeah. There's so much out there. It's so much. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why I don't have a TikTok. Yeah. 
It's a lot. Because I find myself sometimes even on Instagram, because that's usually where I discover music. Mm -hmm. But I've found some amazing artists on Instagram that we even like, some we even work with now. Um, Oh, cool. About 45 minutes of that, of looking, um, I I feel fried. Mm -hmm. My brain feels like mush. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you also see a bunch of stuff you don't want to see. Like you see 100%. like, you just see dumb stuff where uh-huh. you're like, I, I, why do I know that now? Or why do, why did I watch that video? Yeah. And then you're just like, oh my God. Oversaturated. It's, uh, yeah, it is. But that being said, great opportunity, but also, man, I could not imagine having to like break through as an artist now. I just like get overwhelmed by it. And I do think though that yet like, the younger generation just speaks the language like fluently yeah. and probably better at, at, at self-regulating. Like Totally. And they grew up on these apps, I yeah. think. So they're more used to already just being on them constantly yeah. and, and more comfortable with posting themselves and everything, you know. There's like a learning curve to it, but I think if you grew up with it, yeah, you got to be used to it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. When in doubt, though, I always say like, don't say anything, social media. Yeah. Don't say anything. Don't say it. If you have any doubt. Mm-hmm. My rule is try to like keep any of my thoughts to uh, inspiration. Yeah. Encouragement mm-hmm. um, or self-deprecation, mm. but no commenting on anyone else's comments or thoughts or lives i just stay away from it even though sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll get the the, the notion mm-hmm. i'm gonna that's wrong i'm gonna say mm-hmm. something and i'm like no 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 there's there's already a tidal wave happening i can see it and yeah i want to get caught up in that it's definitely wild what people are comfortable saying on in the comment section it's a whole different world yeah it's hard i actually just saw someone post on like a close friends thing today asking for help because they started getting a bunch of hate comments on one of their, something that was going viral. Um, And I think it's like this thing as an artist that you can't really ever be prepared for when it starts happening. And it takes a little while to get used to and like learn how to ignore it. The hate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the hate. Mm. I always wonder though, if there's like a, an amount that has to be there. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's a quota, like a hate quota. And I almost wonder if the algorithms are like designed to like, I, I I was reading about video games and games and the algorithms in games that they allow us to win a certain amount to keep us playing and to lose a certain amount to keep us playing. Uh And then it finds our, it finds our, our levels. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, they, they're, they're really smart. So, so we play games and we find ourselves getting sucked into a game and it's allowing us to win at the level we need to win to keep playing. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really smart. And I wonder if the algorithms and what we see in feeds is dialed to how much good we need to see and how much bad we need to see. And then does it change based on our behavior? It's 
very interesting. Like it pushes it to people that it knows will hate what we're doing. Exactly. In order and for, based on like yeah. maybe like what they comment on uh -huh. and what yeah. you know, um, I I think likely there's some there's some learning there yeah. right like we have to assume mm -hmm. that the goal of the algorithm is to keep us engaged as long as possible and so it will learn our behavior based on like what we comment on what we like mm -hmm. likely can recognize good and bad comments yeah. and likely has some learning there that keeps us engaged based on our behavior yeah. and then I feel like it's just this, it, it, like the AI thing, right? Like we all, we all, we're all in that conversation. Yeah. But that started a long time ago with these algorithms. It's all artificial intelligence, and it's all machine learning and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I always wonder if we step, if we take a step back, at least artists, and we realize that we're all part of this like algorithm, mm -hmm. and and we depersonalize it. Would it help our experience seeing a bad comment and and then likely the other thing i'll do too is like if someone's really mean to me every now and then I, these days i don't really engage it with it but every now and then if someone is blatantly like mean and it stands out um i'll go and i'll just click through and i'll see who that person is yes and i'll read all their comments and they're all mm -hmm. like that they're yeah. attacking like 50 uh -huh. different people and then and I go, oh, okay, this is a this is a persona on online, mm -hmm. a certain character type online totally. that comes here to 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 vent their frustration right. with the world, right? And they've they're 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 attaching it to uh, to these people yeah. that they have a problem with, and mm -hmm. I'm one of them. Um, and and so and I was likely shown to them by the algorithm based on yeah. the things that they engage with. So it's interesting, like when I think about that, and I just go, okay. This person uses this as a platform to come and vomit up all their anger. And I, I've, I've been talking to my brother. I'm like, I want to develop a TV show where you dive into like the real people Whoa. and like find them and then you like get to know them. Yeah. And we're like, I want to see where they live. Like, do they live yeah. where, like what town do they live in? Uh -huh. Do they live in their mom's basement? or do they live or maybe they're like they they have this really big life and they right. come there to just like really vent who knows yeah, like are they nice in real life yeah what who are knows they like? like what yeah. if they are what if they're That's like the, the 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 pastor of a church or yeah who knows who they are they're like, like a catfish 2.0 yeah like so but think about that like if we depersonalize it and we just go no 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 the, the algorithm put me in their feed mm -hmm. because it knows that they engage with these types of and mm -hmm. and i have to believe that i like as as special as we all are and i think we all are we are all just like character types yeah like i think that we're like a garden variety of humans yeah and we all have like the same problems mm -hmm. and then there are things that make us inherently unique and individual for sure mm -hmm. but like generally the hab habits i think of humans like we're all having the same habits as like certain categories of, of people. Yeah. So we we fall perfectly into like an algorithm that separates us all into categories mm -hmm. and then like feeds us out. Yeah. So I approach ne negativity like that now, um, kind of like that. Like I just kind of more analytical of it. Yeah. And I'm all, and I'm like, I wonder if I can, 
even I wonder if, if I can even change that or influence that or or if I if the algorithm is always just going to feed me out to a certain percentage of people who hate what I do and a certain mm-hmm. percentage of people who like what I do and then and then you I feel like you get tired and then you're like hmm you can't take it personally and at the end of the day engagement is engagement and it I is. feel like once you can see that and realize that for every hateful comment you get that's pushing your video whatever it is yeah. to the top of somebody else's feed yeah it's a positive thing that's eyes on you yeah but there are people who are not built to withstand it and 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 at what point are we going to see like class action lawsuits against social platforms that are like causing people mental distress mm. I, I don't know i'm sure that the user agreements and stuff protect them from that which is Probably. good i'm not saying there yeah. should be I'm not like pro lawsuit, but yeah. I just wonder, like we know that this causes uh, mental distress for certain people. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially for like young people. Yeah. The bullying and stuff. Big time. Yeah. Do you get bullied online ever? I get hate comments. Just hate comments? Yeah. Not really bullied. I mean, I also don't really check my message requests a right. ton, so I don't really know what's in there. Those are dangerous. Yeah, you never know. Even my drummer on tour, he gets like, death threats in his requests every day. Yeah. Like why? Doesn't make sense. People are people are wild. Death like, like actual death threats. Like I mean yeah, well, I don't even want to say the things that I've seen in there, but they're like terrible. Is he is this person is he a personality of yeah, some kind, yeah. right? Yeah. Hmm. But I think I mean I don't know. I guess it just comes with the territory and you just hope for the best. What, what kind of people are giving him death threats? There's, is it a certain kind of fan or? I have no idea. Hmm. Just random. Must I don't know. Jealous, sad people. Maybe weird. Super weird, right? I wonder if they could get in trouble for that. Probably. I started getting some weird comments. I put this song out around Pride Month called "One Nation Underdogs," mm-hmm. and it was very like LGBTQ coded, and I started getting a lot of really weird stuff in my inbox. People. I know where you live, stuff like that. Freaky, but also I think you got to take a lot of it with a grain of salt and realize it, they're just keyboard warriors. Yeah. You know? Again, probably got fed to them mm-hmm. through the algorithm. Yeah. Because everything they're clicking on is probably like, well, I'm going to show them mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. So then they just start clicking on all LGBTQ friendly posts Cause that's their that's right? their thing, mm-hmm. and then they just start firing, eating away. Yeah, I always wonder who those people are. You should do a show. But that's what I'm saying. You should do it. Is it, it would go it, crazy. And imagine if it was completely unbiased. Mm-hmm. I just want to know about you. Just the truth. I'm not even going to criticize you for, yeah. the, you know, like freedom of speech. Okay, totally. sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with it. And first of all, will you, would those people allow, like, would they allow themselves to be seen? Mm. That's the first right. thing I wonder is how many of them would be like, no. Because, and then can we even, like, if we investigate and find out who someone is and then and, and build a case of like a file on them mm-hmm. and then lay it out just informationally, Mm-hmm. And then go and like spend a day, like shooting them. Mm-hmm. Like where do they work? 
What is their life like? It's not even like to try and demonize them at all. It's just mm -hmm. to show like the person. And, yeah. and then like, does that, does that lighten the whole thing? Almost humanizing them. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I like very rarely get mad at people, even when they mm -hmm. say really dumb, stupid shit. Yeah. I always just go a layer further and go like, I wonder what's wrong. I wonder what they suffer from. Totally. I wonder what their pain is. Like, why do they hate? Because the hate is just a, it's like a symptom of the yeah. like self-hatred mm -hmm. or pain or suffering it's or whatever. Gotta come from something else. Yeah. It's like almost needs to be expelled yes. them towards something else. And they have to. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting what's underneath some of the surface level actions and emotions. I saw this interesting thing on jealousy the other day mm -hmm. that struck a really accord with me. Do share. This chick was talking about how jealousy is actually just disguised desire that you wouldn't be jealous of somebody or feel any type of way towards someone if you didn't want what they had and that we're flipping it into the negative. But if we just sit with ourselves and sort of recognize that we're allowed to desire things mm -hmm. and maybe it's okay that we want what somebody else has, but if somebody else has it, it means it's possible for us too. Mm -hmm. So why be mad at them for having it instead of just accepting that that's what you want? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that like, it hit me hard. Cause I think it can be really easy to look around, especially as an artist in this industry with everybody sort of doing similar things all the time and think, oh, I wish I, could sell as many tickets as that artist or I wish that I had as many streams as that or whatever it is, followers. And it was just, I don't know, it was a cool thing. It really hit me strongly. I agree I with it. it. You know? When I was younger, I was I was easily jealous. Yeah. But then I I kind of, as I got older, I realized, um, well, also just did a ton of work on myself. Yeah. Just went to therapy for yeah. How long now? Like 12 years of hardcore, just like every week. I never mm -hmm. miss it. It's like, that's like going to, that's my gym. Yeah. And I love therapy. Mm -hmm. And I love talking to people about therapy. Yeah. And I love encouraging people to go to therapy. And, you know, it's probably annoying, but yeah. I think it, it really helped me. Yeah. And so it's like the guy who's really fit mm -hmm. and he's like excited to tell you how you can be fit too. Totally. I love that guy. Yeah. Some people might might be like, fuck him, you know, whatever. But I think it's like you get this thing that changed your life and you really want to share it with people because yeah. you feel like that's the answer. It's not the answer for everyone. I don't know. I yeah. feel like it kind of is, but like, that's my opinion. And I think I learned about self-esteem. Yeah. And then I learned mm -hmm. that when I, when I worked on the self-esteem, the jealousy thing dissipated because um, I also realized we get fixated on what we think is a solution yeah. to our happiness. Mm -hmm. And so at the moment it's the person posted their award or yeah. their new house or car or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. Um, or their, 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 their success they just had. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think we get fixated on this, in the moment, mm -hmm. if I just had that, yeah. or why do they have it and I don't, or mm -hmm. whatever. I think it's like this like idea that that thing would make us happy. Yeah. And it just won't. No. It's cool to get stuff. Of course. For sure. Definitely. It's accomplishments, but accomplishments don't make us happy. There's a lot of work, like you're saying, that goes into being happy, I think. Totally. You know? Learning how to be happy every day. Yeah. It's like an art form. Totally.
Mm. Some days, you ever, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but I find that I'll be on like a stretch of just feeling good all the time and then I'll have one bad day. Yeah. Can I curse? I can curse. Of course. I don't know. Um, I was, oh, you can say shit and fuck. Fuck yeah. And all kinds of stuff. Okay, amazing. Just no, no, nothing hateful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume you would. I'm not very hateful. <laughs> um, just being clear to everyone listening. Um, <laughs> I think that it's cyclical. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing that I had to like notice about myself is we have cycles so mm -hmm. we go up and then we go down yeah it's to me it's about looking at where's our floor where's our ceiling mm -hmm. and then like working on raising our floor yeah and if we raise our floor well our ceiling will go up yeah so if my floor is at my worst mm -hmm. i am Binge drinking, binge eating, going on line and talking shit to people, mm -hmm. whatever your like your floor is. Like we all have if we can analyze like our very worst like moment mm -hmm. and like what's and then from find the pattern of it. Yeah. So like what's the pattern with me, right? I, I do this. And then if we can find that and then just work on that, mm -hmm. like incrementally getting it up. Yeah. to a higher place then our ceiling goes up and we find when we come out of that down of down part of the cycle when we go back up to the top we have these like amazing days yeah. and then stringing the good days together where there's more good days than bad days that's the goal so that your majority of days are good yep and then when you have that down cycle it's only a day or two mm -hmm. versus what would used to be a week or two. Mm -hmm. And I think like depression is, to me, that's how kind of like I found depression kind of works a little bit like in cycles. Yeah. And even if you can't track when it's going to hit. Right. It's like how, it's like how long do those bouts last? Mm -hmm. Can I like shorten it? How can I do that? Is totally. it, usually they say the first thing you do is physical, like go out. Huge. Walk. Or yeah. Do something physical. Which is like the hardest thing to do when you're depressed. Hardest thing to do. The last thing you want to do. But it's the best thing you can do for yourself. It's really interesting. It is cyclical. And I found that like through the years, I'm learning how much better I am at it than the year, like the previous year. Yeah. Like I kind of just measure how I'm doing by how I was doing the last year. Yeah. And um, it's a good way to measure, by the way. It's how doctors measure. Yeah. When they take your blood, they look at your numbers and they go, where were you last year? Right. And I feel like for my mental health, I've been doing that a lot lately because I don't know, like I even just got off of this tour and for the first two days I was home, I got the little like post-tour blues. Yeah, it's a real thing. But usually they would have lasted a lot longer than they did. And I just sort of did all the right things. I took good care of myself, let myself rest. And then I was back at it and I've been feeling amazing. And I feel like last year it would have taken me a lot longer some people it takes back. weeks. Totally. Usually it does for me. Yeah. So I was like, I was impressed with myself for getting through it quickly. Do you think the tour thing is the 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 like the dopamine and serotonin levels yeah, when you have those nights where it's probably, I mean, going on stage number mm -hmm. one is like that is a drug that yeah. like only people that go on stage understand. Yeah. And it, it's amazing sometimes, mm -hmm. but there is like a real crash. Yeah. 
and that's why a lot of people drink or do drugs or whatever, because there's like these way out of whack dopamine and serotonin levels mm -hmm. and all the, all the chemicals in your brain that get triggered yeah. uh, from performing and the, the, the endorphins you get. Yeah. Um, and then it's like over. Mm -hmm. it, it's interesting. Like not only do you deal with kind of the end of night crash after mm -hmm. a show, cause I found like I would do a show be so anxious all day. Yep. And then go on stage. <laughs> uh -huh. I was like so edgy. Yeah. And it was, I had to learn how to not be like unpleasant mm -hmm. in my like private space. So I was good at being like cool outside, but then I would be on the bus and I find myself, I just wanted to sleep. Yeah. I was so anxious. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. And and then learning how to manage that, then go on stage and it's the opposite. It's yeah. flipped. You're just like through the roof. Mm -hmm. And then you come off stage and you're like up here for a couple hours mm -hmm. and then you kind of crash. Yeah. And it's such a weird mini cycle. Mm -hmm. And then you come home from tour and you're depressed for a month. Yeah. It used to take me like weeks. Totally. Well, I think that for me, I just like can't sit still. I have a really hard time sitting still. So like day one back from tour, I'm hitting my team. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Where am I supposed to be? And they're like, you just got home. Yeah. Relax a little. Yeah. But I feel like I get all those endorphins just from like moving around all day, pulling up here, going to the studio, like whatever it is that we have to be doing. I don't like sitting still. Yeah. It makes me feel purposeless, but I'm mm. learning to cope with it because it's important to also rest and recover. But it's just not something that's super comfortable for me very uncomfortable you know it's yeah it's very uncomfortable to sit still and quiet yeah it's wild yeah but it's good for us i think it is good i mean i still have to learn how to do it yeah i'm i'm, I'm always going but i if i don't learn how to be still then it, i do find that it takes away from my family as well because mm -hmm. if i'm always going and i always yeah. need to be into something mm -hmm. what i find is it it like i have to manage that because i especially now at this stage in my life right because i have a, a wife and kids so yeah. it bleeds into what like my time with them because right. when i'm with my kids i have to be still yeah and just present and let them be the ones who are mm -hmm. super active yeah and i think i had to learn that the hard way mm -hmm. And and then I just got it down after a few years of like, mm -hmm. of uh, trying. Cause, yeah. And still though, like like this morning, I woke up for whatever reason at five. I usually wake up at like seven, yeah. six thirty or seven. I like to get up early. Yeah. But I woke up at five for some reason. Like my brain was on mm. full speed ahead. Mm -hmm. Perfect scenario for like an anxiety attack. If I don't, you know manage it yeah and apply it somewhere mm -hmm. so i got up and it was five and i just just i was wired and i was like whoa and every now and then i have one of those mornings like once a month oh. i used to have them a lot yeah um and so i said all right i'm gonna get up and do some stuff while everybody's asleep and so i like did some stuff around the house yeah and and then i had and that was probably an hour and a half and then um and then I was like, I should sit still. I should just be, it's like 6.30. I should just sit and stare at the 
the sky or something. Yeah. And um and I was really struggling to like sit still. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna meditate. So I love meditating, mm -hmm. but I can't always do it because yeah. you have to force yourself to yeah. calm down. Totally. And then I meditated, and it was like magic. Amazing. They say that like the 5 a.m. time is like the magic time to meditate. That's what I heard. Yeah. I didn't do it at five though. It was like more okay. like seven. Close enough. And then I meditated yeah. and I got super calm. And then my day leveled out because, but I do think I would have crashed if I didn't mm -hmm. meditate. Smart. Meditation's a great tool. Yeah, it is. I should do it more than I do. I love it. And every time I do it, I'm always so glad that I did. Yeah. But I find often I'm, waking up and immediately going to my phone and go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. I've got all this shit that people are like, you gotta turn this in, do this. And uh, I wanna get into more of a habit. Of when did you start more. meditating? Pretty young. I grew up in like a household that was very big on spirituality and meditation and all the things and stuff. Cool. Yeah. I My mom, before I moved to California, my mom, like gave me all these books she wanted me to read, all these shows she wanted me to watch right. that were all sort of based in, um, I don't even want to say spirituality necessarily, but like- It's kind of spiritual though. Meditation. Yeah. I always find it like places when I do it. For sure. Yeah. I uh, And it was cool. It sort of like gave me a whole new perspective. So your mom taught you how to meditate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's super religious? No. Um, or she practiced, practiced Judaism. And Christianity. She, she actually got baptized when she was pregnant with me. She was bar mitzvahed mm. when she was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then when she got pregnant with me, she fell in love with Jesus Great. and got baptized. Awesome. And then when I was maybe like a young teenager, like 12 or 13, she got really into Oprah. Great. And just like loved everything I that love she Oprah was doing. Too. I yeah. love Oprah. Oprah's What's not great. to love? And um and then really into the like Eckhart Tolle's and the Deepak Chopra's yeah. and the yeah. all the good stuff. So I the learned personal a lot from her. growth this yeah. the, the personal growth kind of movement that mm -hmm. happened, uh, I think was like the beginning of where I think we're at now, where it's like personal growth and spirituality and all of the 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 ways we can kind of like grow and better ourselves are i think the response to like mental health uh always just kind of being like so at least in the 90s mm. it was so taboo to mm -hmm. like talk about it just wasn't normal to say like therapy totally and it started to become it yeah. started to be more of a of a thing but like i think like for our i think for so long our our society uh, for decades, um, and our parents certainly mm -hmm. didn't have like the availability of like the options to figure out like now we have everything. There's apps, yeah. there's books, uh, but like I feel like that was the beginning mm -hmm. of that whole like revolution. Definitely, it's super normalized now, which is great. I feel like the youth is on it too. Yeah, they want to better themselves. But people like, like Oprah cool. really like. I feel like she doesn't get enough credit. Mm -hmm. she, she really trailblazed. For sure. You like brought a lot of that stuff to the mainstream. Oh my gosh, big time. People like Oprah. There's a bunch of people like that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever met her? No. Have Super you? Super cool, yeah. Yeah, that's She's really, really cool. cool. I want to meet her so I can introduce her to my mom because my mom is such a big fan. I found her to be very um, powerful. I'm sure. 
super cool. I, I really thought yeah. she was dope. Yeah, that's sick. Um, but I, I, but I look back at like people like her, and I just think it's like a legacy. Like yeah. the, to me, the biggest legacy they have is is these uh, these kinds of like ideas they brought to to mm -hmm. people and normalized like these books and stuff like that. Totally. So your mom is is uh, she woke? Very. That's cool. She gets more woke every day. Oh, okay. And it's really sweet because now my dad is sort of like on the wave too. Okay. It took him a little while. Yeah. But now I'll call him and he almost sounds like my mom. Yeah. He'll be like, oh yeah, like I'm just having a great day. I manifested that the That's weather great. was going to be this and this was going to go this way. And I'm like, I don't feel dad. like, uh, I, my, I feel like my wife is super woke. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm very woke. You seem woke. I think I'm in touch with things yeah. and comfortable with things. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she's really woke. I I won't be as aware of something mm. that like where where she is, but I feel like we work well together. Yeah. Cause where I also kind of balance her out where I feel like I'm super uh therapeutic mm. and I always want to analyze, stop, mm -hmm. analyze that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we balance, we have a good balance for. That's you know, good. Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. Yeah. Well, I feel lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Are you religious? No, I wouldn't I'm not say either. that. No, yeah, no. I feel like I'm pretty spiritual. Definitely. Yeah. I feel spiritual. I do love celebrating Jewish holidays though. The best. I love The them. high holidays. Yeah. It's great. They're cool. We celebrate them. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I think it's like, this is one of the great things about LA. Mm -hmm. So much you get to participate in. Um, but, uh, and Christmas and, and you know, all the all of the, the Christian holidays too. Um, and I like the, the meanings behind all of them. I think like yeah. we, we actually do try to like reflect a little bit mm -hmm. with, with each holiday. Uh, we're not very religious, but spiritual is a good word. It's a great word important i feel like that's the wave though yeah i feel like a lot of people are finding their own uh spirituality i hope so what's your music you feel like focused on what is it what is the themes that tend to like come through a lot a lot of mental health stuff a lot of just personal stories and how i cope i think like my music has kind of taken a journey with me as my mental health has gotten better throughout the years was it hard for you to get better. Well, was that like a real struggle for you? Depression. Depression or mental, your mental health. Yeah. So time. it was really depression. Oh yeah. Anxi any anxiety? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety kind of came first. That was like when I first started making music and I was writing a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Then maybe top of last year, I think I want to say, maybe the year before, I was in like the darkest place I've ever been in my life. And I feel like I've been in a lot of dark places. Mm. I've in my teenage years, like I, I was a rough kid, you mm. know, did a lot of bad stuff that I'm not proud of, did a lot of drugs. Like I've been in the shits. Why do you think? Did it get so bad? Yeah, why, like what, at what age did that, what, at what age did that kind of emerge? The depression? Just like the or behavior, the, the bad behavior, like, as, as oh, you say, bad, bad behavior. behavior. Uh, I feel like as soon as I got into high school, I just, I like romanticized sex drugs and rock and roll mm. and i think i thought it was really cool and i think i idolized some people 
um, that I didn't realize until I was older that wasn't, I was idolizing the incorrect things. Right. I was idolizing their drug use and mm -hmm. I was idolizing sort of and romanticizing these lives that I thought they lived, mm. but I didn't know. You know, you just see movies and you see on TV or whatever, looking up on the internet, like Kurt Cobain. Right. You know? Yeah. He was my idol growing yeah. up. And I always thought- He I was used pretty, uh, he was just in incredibly, spe like yeah. enigmatic. Mm -hmm. And it was hard not to be captivated by his, yeah. his persona. Totally. Right. But as a kid, you see that and I thought, wow, I want to do heroin, mm. you know? Wow. And um, it wasn't until, I mean, I got clean, like clean, clean for a few years in like my early 20s. Mm. Um, and I think that was like a really beautiful spiritual journey for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm really grateful to be off of all of the hard stuff that I used to do. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit more fluid now just because I think I'm older and a lot more wise and I don't have the same intentions that I used to have. But it's crazy even through all of that, I still don't think depression ever really got me like it did a couple years ago. Right. And I started writing music about it and I feel like it really resonated with people, mm -hmm. which was sad, but also cool that we could all kind of bond over it. But then I found myself in this interesting place because all I was writing about was being depressed and sort mm. of the feelings that I was having. And then I was getting up every night on stage saying lyrics like I hate myself or mm -hmm. whatever the negative sort of self-talk was in the music. And I had to stop the cycle because I think our words are so powerful and what we tell ourselves comes true. Yeah. And I also was fearing that I was like giving these fans, this opportunity to say all these bad things about themselves by mm -hmm. singing my lyrics back to themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, then I wrote an entire EP about sort of like trying to find happiness. Yeah. And it kind of like flipped my whole world upside down because it was the first time that I wrote positively instead of negatively. Yeah. And I, I mean, ever since then, my mental health has just kind of continued to improve. That's crazy. So the words came first mm -hmm. and then you kind of followed. Like the feelings came first right. and I wrote about the feelings, but I think when you repeat something over and over again to mm -hmm. yourself, it sort of cements its truth. Mm -hmm. And I had to end the cycle because it was too long of me feeling the way that I was. And I wanted to take matters into my own hands. And while therapy is an incredible tool, and I also think I learned a lot from that, I also had to stop singing these things every yeah. night. You know, when did you when did you um, start therapy? Was that like During a usual like the thing? Pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. That was, I think, when I had like my first real. Was therapy. that all at the same time when you were starting to have these realizations about what I'm saying and how I'm feeling? Yeah. And then I'm also doing this work. Therapy was definitely a through line. I feel like there's a lot of avenues for healing. Yeah. And therapy was a, is a great one. Definitely one of them. Um, I think exercise is a chemical so, thing totally, that's yeah. so good for us. It's I like think, medicine. Totally. Yeah. I think reading self-help self -help books. Yeah, there are some good ones. Really good ones. Mm -hmm. Some books that have changed my life. Which book would you say is one that really stands out? So many. The Untethered Soul is a great one. Mm. That was a good intro into sort of like the monkey chatter in our minds. Yeah. 
Um, Conversations with God. Have you ever read that one? No. Strange, incredible book. This guy like started journaling to God and then all of a sudden like God started talking back and the mm. whole book is his like conversation in journal of like him saying something and something that was coming through him in reply. That's cool. Really interesting. I think our subconscious is like a godlike part. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in our subconscious. That first thought we have, that mm -hmm. little voice that we a lot of times go, no, I didn't notice that. Mm -hmm. I didn't just hear that. Yep. If we start to practice hearing it, mm -hmm. we'll hear it more. And yeah. what people say, like, listen to your gut or, yeah. um, you know, your intuition. Yeah. I think I think that's the the uh, I think that's kind of like the God part. Hundred percent. Like we're all that. given, and yeah. then it's like a practice of learning how to like be in touch with it. Totally. I think songwriting is like that too. Right, because it's um, like a stream of consciousness. Yeah, and also I I kind of feel like art, like ideas aren't ours. Yeah. Like they like float around. I picture them floating around up there, and they just fall, and land on us if we're meant to be the one to carry them through yeah i don't know if that's true but that's how i like to think of it i think that i i think that could be true yeah i think it could be truth to it because you ever like have an idea and then not follow through with it and then see somebody else do it like the idea floated from you to somebody else because you didn't follow through yeah i think i think about that in like a collective consciousness yeah so like if I if if I say something a certain way in a song and it resonates with you know millions of people, mm -hmm. it, we're all thinking it. Yeah, it just happened to flow through me that way. Totally, and everybody else kind of agrees because they've also thought it because mm -hmm. we're all. It's that whole like we're all connected somehow. Like yeah. there is this like collective kind of decision making we all have so yeah. we all decide together if something is good or bad or mm -hmm. if we decide uh something's valuable mm -hmm. like it's like this like collective kind of conscious thing that yeah. happens big time takes the ego out of it too i yeah. feel like especially in the creation process yeah like this is mine yeah like it's ours it's all of ours yeah yeah mm -hmm. the mental health thing's good though because i think so many people um that don't know how to express themselves. I think we take it for granted mm. that we write songs. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we get really comfortable mm -hmm. expressing an idea the way we want to. Right. And I think that most people don't get to exercise that muscle ever. Mm. Like most people get shut down right. early age, mm -hmm. you know, in school or wherever we're supposed to just we get rewarded with grades for being the same as everyone else. Mm. And so from an early age, we're kind of taught to, we're taught to kind of like get to an answer in this amount of time. And it's gotta be the same answer as everyone else yeah. for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and like, we're, so we're kind of, we're, we're kind of, um, we're ran through a process that was really, I feel like the education system, um, which is, is is great in some ways. Yeah. Um, is really just kind of building a workforce mm -hmm. of people who can do take instructions, remember them, and then re repeat them back to you. Yeah. Um, so the artistic muscles aren't aren't for the most part focused on, and so most people don't get the opportunity all the time mm -hmm. 
to like express how they feel, what, what they think, mm -hmm. their interpretation of something. And I think people need to hear about depression, yeah. anxiety. Because yeah. I do think that everyone deals with some amount of it. Mm -hmm. It's just everyone has their own level of it. Like everybody has some anxiety that they have to manage. Totally. Everyone has little bouts of depression or their, you know, that they have to manage and learn how to work through. Yeah. And then also I think all of us, we can't escape our childhood and our adolescence without some damage. And so that mini trauma or mm -hmm. big trauma depends on who you are and what you went through, right? Yeah. Even in like our parents didn't mean to, but like there's no way that you're getting out of childhood without some uh -huh. some damage. Yeah. And then there's also just the fantasy of like escaping life. Yeah. Getting out of mm -hmm. our real lives so yeah. we don't have to deal with it. <sighs> exactly. Which is probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. It's just like I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go off. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. what I learned in my older age was like the sooner the, the now I'm like, I want to deal with it. Let's deal with this. Yeah. Cause you really do get on the other side of it and you're like, man, I'm glad I fi I figured that out. Oh my God. Totally. I actually like always feared getting older and growing up. Yeah. And the older I get, the more I realized how cool it is to have, I feel like every year actually just gets better Yeah. because you uh, learn more ways to have a better life, yeah. enjoy yourself more, feel better, do better, uh, problem solve, everything. Yeah, and then you realize like, you get into your late 20s and you realize you're not old. Totally. And you thought you'd be old in your late 20s and uh -huh. you're like, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 40s and I love, yeah. 40s have been my best, I think. Yeah. Great. Wow. But I was kind of scared of them when I was 29. Yeah. Well, it's like a scary... In theory, it feels scary. Like I turn 30 next year. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, holy shit. That's a great age. It's, I'm excited. You, you start killing it in your 30s. That's what I Really? Think. Yeah. Sick, I'm ready. Yeah. Cool. You also realize like you're you're not old. You're, you're just not old. So yeah. I think you'll make your best music. You'll, uh, it's. You like learn how to be yourself more the longer you're on earth. Yeah. So it's like kind of just get cooler and better at being you ideally and you and the older you get if you can learn how to like do it gracefully you can actually really enjoy it mm -hmm. and then you also learn it's kind of like a privilege because yeah. you see people that aren't here anymore you know the older you get like, like it's just a part of life like and you realize like oh damn this is like a real special thing totally living yeah not wanting to waste any of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're young, you don't even realize like how precious life is. Oh my gosh. No, when you're young, you feel invincible. Yeah. Totally invincible. I, it's a blessing. I'm still alive. The shit I've done. It sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. I mean, hard drugs are, they scare the shit out of me. Yeah. They just scare me because at my age, I've just seen too much now. And I go, it just scares me when I see young people like living crazy like that. I'm, I, I get scared. I think that the lately or not today's day and age, there's a lot less of it, yeah, especially in our industry yeah, as it seemed smarter. like there was yeah. once upon a time, which is great. It's a good thing. A good thing. There's 
a lot. I mean, I don't even really, I haven't seen any of it in this world yeah. that we're a part of. I'm sure it's out there. I don't see too much of but it. But I haven't seen any of it. Which, I don't think it's in vogue either. Yeah. No. We just know too much. Yeah. And, and like, there's there's enough out there, like, you watch documentaries and stuff and mm -hmm. you see the artists that, that went through that. Yeah. And it, it it really does humanize it where you're like, God, I wish I could have just talked to him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like it's not like a thing like it used to be. It was definitely a thing in the 90s. I remember, sure. God, I remember like we would play early days before we were signed. Mm -hmm. We would play anywhere. Yeah. And I remember playing these house parties mm. and I was naive to it, but there was like a room of people that were all like laying around mm -hmm. And it was like straight, they were all doing heroin. Yeah. In the nineties, that was like a that was definitely like a drug a drug that For like sure. in music. And I remember not realizing it till I was older, going, mm -hmm. Oh my God. We were like playing these parties, these these house parties, and there was just yeah. it was all kinds of stuff. But it was I, the heroin thing was like really dark. I think enough people we lost enough people that hopefully that's why. People yeah. aren't doing it anymore. I mean, I know that I'm sure there's still people out there doing it, but I yeah. think especially in this industry, everyone just, I think, wants to, at least from what I've come across, everyone just wants to make a positive impact. I um, think so. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. It is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have music you're working on now? Yeah, I've been putting out two songs a month for the past few months. Um, that's cool. really fun. Yeah, because it kind of like opens me like up the genre thing mm -hmm. i don't have to be it doesn't all have to be so cohesive um and i just started getting back in the studio after being on tour and i'm excited i have like three acoustic songs coming out on that's September great first i is, love acoustic songs yeah i haven't really done that so i'm excited um yeah anyone you're like collaborating with um, my friend Jack, you know Jack Case, mm -hmm. he wrote one of them with me. It's like one of my favorite songs actually that I've ever made. Cool. He's probably my favorite artist. He's so yeah, he's cool. Sick. He's so super cool. cool. Really cool. You're super cool. Thank you. But you you have like a cool like reputation. Really? Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, from my perspective. Thank you. I definitely like you. You have a really good reputation with like artists and stuff. People like Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a wonderful thing to hear. It's a real thing. It means a lot. Yeah. I didn't know. I think that it's a necessity mm -hmm. to have a career, a long career, mm -hmm. to like get along well with people and to be, I don't know if fun's the right word, but like to get along well with people yeah. and to be like- to, Genuine? Yeah. Something? Mm -hmm. I just think there's so many cool people yeah. in this world of what we do. That like, Most people are nice, I think. So nice. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool, nice people that I consider to be my friends that I adore that I feel really grateful to know. And it's cool too, I think a lot of the people I was fans of for a long time before I even really like kind of came into this scene. Mm -hmm. that, it's kind of a scene. Kind of scene. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if that's for the right sure. term. But it's like, like a scene. it's been cool to like get to know some of the people that I had been listening to for years prior even and, and get to know these people and yeah. it's cool. What's been your favorite tour? Probably this last Fall Out Boy one. Yeah. It's pretty epic. I love them all for different reasons. They mm. were all really special. But this one was, I think I had the most fun and I had the best attitude. And I was 
the most comfortable. Is there anyone on tour on that tour that you became like buddies with that you felt like you know on tour you'll 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 emerge with like a friend that you didn't have before? Yeah, I mean all the Fallout Boy guys were amazing. I love those guys. They're so great. I, I totally them. I hit it off with Pete. I had him on my podcast that I do, and it was I love Pete. so fun and so hilarious. What's your podcast? It's this like radio show on AMP. Great. I do it once a month when I put the, I do the two songs go on this thing called Rat Traps. Yeah. And then I do Rats Radio once a month. I love rats. I love rats. You should yeah. be on my podcast. Shout out uh, to uh, to uh, my friend Jordan, who's uh, um, Mitchell from Chase Atlantic's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, she's an amazing photographer. Sick. We like rats. We always talk about love rats. rats. They're cute. That's a great name. Thank you. Well, Royal and the Serpent spells out rats, which- Amazing. Yeah, which I didn't even realize until somebody got, so it's usually Royal Ampersand, the mm -hmm. sign, and Royal yeah. and the Serpent. And that's how you would like write it out for emails, headline like R Ampersand TS. Got it. And somebody got it wrong on some email thread once and it spelled out rats like accidentally. And I was like- Wait a minute. Hold on, that's genius. Subconsciously. Yeah. I spelled rats. Because like serpent, name. rats eats, I mean, snakes eat rats. Yep. The whole. There's a great clothing brand. Um, Stray Rats. Stray Rats. The Rat Girl hat. I have been a so fan good. of that brand since they started. Mm -hmm. I used They're to sick. wear it all the time. It's yeah. impossible to get because every time they drop something, it sells out. But um, mm -hmm. great brand. Super cool. I love Pete and the Fall Out Boy guys. They're all, all so sweet. Yeah. All of them. They're, I mean- they're the real deal. I got to have like some really lovely conversations with all of them. They're then, great. Yeah. Really just genuinely cool people. And their photographer, do you know the photographer, Elliot? Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. Him and my photographer like totally hit it off because they ended up pulling my photographer to do a bunch of work for them while they awesome. were on the tour, which was, I was really happy for him. Yeah. So it was really cool. So it's he hard was being a photographer. A yeah. Well, he ended up shooting not only for me, but then Bring Me's um, photographer left for a week. So he was shooting for them. And then Fall Out Boy wanted him to shoot for them. So he was doing three shows a night for like a few weeks. That's great. Kind of crazy. Yeah. He crushed it. I was like so proud of it's him. It's hard to be a photographer because we live in this kind of age where you can, where anyone can just pull a picture, post it. And, I, and I'm not saying that's bad, um, but like, it's almost like this art form of like, especially live photography mm -hmm. has kind of been devalued a little bit mm -hmm. by like the uh, accessibility of like sharing. Yeah. Um, and so in some ways it can be great with an iconic picture makes its way around. It used to be different. Yeah. It's also hard work. Shooting a live show is not easy. Yeah. I, uh, the opening act that went on before me for some of the last shows, Games We Play, mm -hmm. do you know them? Yeah. Their photographer was out for a day, so I offered to shoot their set as like a fun That's cool. thing. Yeah. And Are you a good photographer? I like to believe so. I think I'm a better videographer than I am a photographer. I made him like a really cute little also video. Also very, yeah. you know, great art form. Mm-hmm. I love, oh my God, I love video editing. I think more than I like making music. Are you a good editor? Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I rarely say yes when hmm. asked things like that. Oh, very valuable skill. I love doing it. I love making music videos. I hope to be a director someday and direct feature films. You should. I would love to. That's a big goal of mine. 
I think that artists are capable always of at least one or two other mediums. Totally. I always say art to artists like, what what else do you do? Mm-hmm. Like the, this artist Zeph, she was on the she mm-hmm. was on this show. She's an incredible illustrator. She she also cool. edits. She edits videos, uh, but she el- illustrates. And I always find that with artists, if they search, they're gonna find another mm-hmm. medium that they're just terrific at. Yeah. Director. Drawing is something I would love to be able to do, but I'm trash. I'm not good at it. I'm so trash. People want me to draw them tattoos. You ever get asked to do that? Yeah, of course. And I'm like, you don't want that. I promise. You Your tattoos are cool though. Did you Thank draw you. them? I did not draw any of these. No, I wish. Great choices. Thank you. It's kind of just a mess. The hearts on the knuckles are cool. Thanks. Those are really cool. Thank you very much. I do love, I love tattoos. I do too. Yeah, have you some. have really cool ones. I like your hand ones a lot. Scott Campbell. Very sick. Who also, I think, has a podcast coming out. He's an amazing artist. Sick, sick, uh, sick tattoo artist. That's cool. Um, my brother's a good, uh, very good artist. He paints and draws and really? he's really good at it. That's amazing. That's great. Do you direct your own music videos? Most of the time. Great. Either co-direct or just totally direct. I'm actually shooting one on Sunday night that I'm like fully taking 100% of the reins on. And it was cool. We had like a camera rehearsal yesterday and i like was holding the camera on the gimbal and like directing it was cool you have another tour lined up yeah i just announced my headline oh great yeah i'm really excited i've never done a headline tour sick so i'm stoked when's it start um october 14th amazing yeah i'm excited i'm i'm pretty stoked it's terrified but excited you have the merch and everything dialed I've been designing the merch with my boyfriend. He designs all my merch with me. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. What's you know his Beatty name? School dropout. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's the bassist in that band. Oh, cool. Brent. Cool. Beepus. Musicians. Yeah. Musicians. Cool. Yeah. Um, so he's an incredible uh, graphic designer. So he's been helping me with the merch. So we don't have anything set in stone for the headline yet, but he did all the Fall Out Boy stuff that we did, and it crushed the people. Loved it. We put like, um, I have tattoos all over the whole front of my body. So mm-hmm. we took like an image of like the front of me without anything on. But right. I have like really tattoos everywhere. Right. And we like thresholded it. So it was like just the tattoos like on a shirt. You know, it's like old shirts that look like a bikini body. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but like tattoo me. That's great. Shirt. It was cool. It came out good. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm well, is all the music going to be out when the tour hits? I mean, yeah, we just keep putting stuff out. I don't really have a plan of when I'm stopping the two song a month thing. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm going to do is actually ask the fans what they want to hear and let everybody decide. There'll be like a section of the show that I'll have asked maybe that city before I go what songs they want to hear. And I'll just play songs that are like deep cuts yeah. that maybe people haven't heard. And Where's hear. the main place you talk to your like fans like that? Discord. Oh, wow. Big in the Discord. Really love that. I actually have a game night in the Discord tonight after this. Discord's kind of getting bigger like that yeah. where like bands and stuff are using mm-hmm. it. It's not just NFTs anymore. Yeah. Well, because it's all very concise. There's mm-hmm. like all these different rooms that you can chat about all these things. And I have like some cool channels on mine. I love my mods. They set it up for me. But there's Are like, they fans, the mods? Mm-hmm, cool. They created it for me, oh, which wow. is so cool. And um, there's like a venting channel. If people need help, they can like go talk to people. There's like all these different channels. My Mm -hmm. boyfriend has a channel and they just like post pictures of him when they see him on tour. It's like cute 
but also I think helps the kids feel connected yeah. to something. What's the through line with your fans? What do you find like the the there's a if there's like a a main characteristic or trait that they have? Is there a similarity between them? A lot of them are queer. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, a lot. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It feels I do too. safe. Yeah. And it feels like I'm creating something for people that need something. Yeah, they need a place to that they feel that they can connect with each other. I think is like the coolest. And, That's my favorite part about it. And go and like really be themselves. Because mm -hmm. I think we don't give enough credit to the idea that like it's not so easy to be ourselves in the world every day. Mm -hmm. And it, it it it's painful to think about that when you stop and think about it mm -hmm. because it's not especially if you're different mm -hmm. from the norm. I always think about that. Uh, like where do kids go when they need to work that out? Mm -hmm. That's super cool. Concerts. Which is concerts, right? right? So they can go in real life yeah. and be with people, meet up with people that they maybe talk to in the Discord. It's like church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you keep that in mind when you're, when you're out there? Uh, well, not only when you're making music, because I'm, I'm imagining a young person who's having that experience. What's, is there like an average age? Is it like 16 to 26 or something like that? A good estimate. I say kids, like I assume that they're young and then I don't even think about the fact that they could very well all be in like their 20s. Well, I think sometimes when you're an artist and you have all these fans that are dedicated to you, they feel like your kids sometimes because yeah. you're there. And even if they don't know you're reading mm -hmm. what they're writing, you are. Mm -hmm. And you're getting to like a, a peek into like their life. Mm -hmm. So regardless of their age, I do I do yeah. think sometimes you feel like they're your kids. Yeah, totally. There's got to be though under 18 because a lot of the shows we're doing are all ages. Mm -hmm. So I would assume that there's a good population of them that are 14, 15, 16. And I hope that I'm influencing them in some positive way. Feels oh like gosh, you are. I really hope so. That's if a they're coming to your show, you are. Of mine, yeah. I just want to be a positive impact on the, not the whole world, but like whatever of the world I get to be a part of. Mm. I want to have a positive impact. I feel that way too. Yeah. I always say, um, I don't want to waste any words when I talk to someone. That's why I probably mm. talk so much. Like I'll meet someone and basically do this mm -hmm. for like an hour. Yeah. Because uh, I always feel like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see this person again. So if we're talking, I'm going to try and give them as much information as I can. Right. I also don't ever want to leave anyone feeling bad. Right. With an interaction. I couldn't agree with that more. And I did, when I was younger, I, I don't know if I thought about that. Mm-hmm. I think I was I was in my own shit, so yeah. I was more defensive. Yeah. And as I got older, maybe it was having kids. You know, and I hear I was, that changes things. You well, you realize like all a kid needs, they don't need life lessons. Mm -hmm. Life is going to give them life lessons. Mm. They need a cheerleader. They just need someone that's like, yeah, you could. That's a good idea. Or, um, and then and then you take that out of your house, mm -hmm. and I think you 
you start to meet people, you start to look at people a different way and you start to kind of go like, oh man, I, I feel like this person didn't get enough encouragement or whatever. And again, like maybe I'm overthinking it, mm -hmm. but it's just my perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I find that I always want to like leave someone, leave people feeling encouraged. Yeah. I think it's, I agree. I just want to make people feel good, mm. you know? And I don't, I think it's, it can be simple too, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? But it, I mean, it was cool to hear that I have like a, a positive reputation, I guess, in yeah, that regard, do. because it definitely is a huge goal of mine. And something my mom actually taught me at a very young age was to sort of always be very inclusive and give everybody the same good energy. Yeah. You know? Well, the uh, the adverse of that doesn't really make sense to me. No. You know? No. It doesn't make sense to like go around and be being no. gr grumpy. People do it. Yeah. But even when I encounter those people, I tend to feel like, like, more empathetic than than yes. anything else. I'm like, oh man, what's going on over yeah. there? Uh -huh. That guy. Yeah. He's... Give a little kindness that way. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. But maybe, just a theory. Yeah. That you, aside from your mother setting you up for that, mm. maybe the like peek into your fan's life has given you even more empathy. 100%. And you've become somewhat responsible for a certain group of people or to feel a bit responsible for a certain group of people to have a place to go. Well, I think that something I think about often is that without them, there would be no career for me. This yeah. would not be a career. 100%. I wouldn't be able to do this for a living. Mm -hmm. So the more that I can give back to them to show how much I appreciate them for giving me this life that I've always dreamed of, it, it's no matter what I do, the exchange never feels even. Mm. I never feel like I'm giving enough for how grateful I feel for them, mm. you know? Yeah, I know. I definitely feel like I felt that way. And mm -hmm. where I'm at now, I feel like the only reason I would play a show uh, which we don't do a lot of, yeah. um, is because of them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I no longer have a need or a feeling of like a desire to go on stage. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I just don't yeah. I, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but I do in the sense of these people that have continued to make this kind of legacy live. Mm -hmm. And so I have a want to give them something. Yeah. And so that's where I think, and, and I feel the whole, I feel like the whole band feels that way. We want to create, we want to make a record. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it for like two years now. Yeah. Like we got to make a record. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we've all been talking about like, what's the vision of that record? Cause we feel like we have to deliver something that's true to us. Mm -hmm. And, but the reason we want to deliver a record is for this group of people that have taken this kind of thing and made it something that like it's beyond us. Mm -hmm. It's like a legacy that like we feel like they're keeping. Yeah. And so I feel like that is purely our motivation now is kind of is is this group of people. Yeah. It's interesting. Where my motives before were were I would say 
we always did want to put music out that made people feel good. But like we, it, for me, it was like a little selfish. I wanted to put a record out yeah. and have the experience and do the, the thing. Totally. Well, I think once you don't need those things because yeah. you've already gotten them, mm. I'm sure the script kind of flips and there's a different purpose for all of it. Yeah. But I, th I think that relationship you have is the purest, is one of the purest ingredients for like really good art. Yeah. It's good. Like community. Yeah. They're like all these fan bases are little communities. Yeah. And a lot of them intertwine with the other ones mm -hmm. and like all the sort of kids that are doing the same thing. But it is, it's like relationship building. You're like creating friendships. And I, t I talk about this all the time, but I'm going to say it again because I, I, I think there's this unquantifiable butterfly effect that night in Chicago at your show where that one person needed to be there instead of somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it could change the course of their life because they had a place to go mm -hmm. and they had a moment with a song or they had a moment where they felt better about life, not worse, better about themselves, not worse. Mm -hmm. um, that absolutely is changing the course of not only their life, but probably a bunch of other people's lives as they go forward in, in a positive, yeah. on a positive path versus like, what if they didn't have that show to go to and they were in that perfect storm mm -hmm. of life and they chose something bad and negative right. and, and dark. Yeah, That to me is the thing I always think about, the thing we can't quantify with music and how powerful it is that someone had a moment where they chose to love themselves, to, to do mm -hmm. something good. And then they went on and did incredible things or they helped one person. That chain of events that you're a part of that you'll never know mm -hmm. is like, to me, like probably the most important thing about the thing that we all, that we all do. Yeah. That we're just a part of. Right. Just this positive chain yeah. reaction. Totally. We're just a vessel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool way to look at it. I'm going to join your discord. Join it. Yeah. It's fun in there. We just hit 2,000 members today. Amazing. Yeah. It's a good it's Discord. A big accomplishment. And it's cute because the mods created it. So they're so excited. Yeah. The more members that join. What's the What's the uh, Discord for people to go join? Um, It's the Rats Discord. I post it on my stories like almost every day. Cool. So it's out there. It's on my Twitter. And the link your, is out there. On your Instagram. Yeah. I just posted it today because we're doing that game night. Royal and the Serpent. The Rats. The Rats. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. No bad times, I don't want no bad. Thank you for checking out today's episode of Artist Friendly with Ryan Santiago of Royal and the Serpent. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. If you really love the episode, you can rate it and review it on your favorite podcast platform. Your support means a lot. We'll see you next time.